Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. We continue our book reading, When the Moon Split, a biography of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, compiled by Saifur Rahman Mubarak Puri. We continue on page 219, the Prophet's letters to monarchs and potentists. We now continue with a letter to Muqaykis, the king of Alexandria and Egypt. The Prophet's letter to Muqaykis went thus, In the name of Allah, the most gracious, the most merciful. From Muhammad, the servant and messenger of Allah, to Muqaykis, the ruler of the Copts. Blessed are those who follow guidance. I call you to Islam. Embrace Islam that you may find peace. Accept Islam and Allah will reward you twofold. If you reject Allah's words, then on you shall rest the sin of the Copts as well. Allah says in the Quran, O people of the book, Come to that which is common between you and us, that we may serve none but Allah, nor associate anything with Him, nor take others for lords beside Allah. But if they turn away, then say, Bear witness that we are Muslims. End of quote. The Prophet, peace be upon him, sent this letter through Hatib bin Abi Balta, who held a discussion with Mukakis and won his esteem. Mukakis then put the letter in an ivory case, placed his seal on it, and preserved it. He wrote back to the Prophet, peace be upon him, saying he believed a Prophet was to appear, but he thought that he would come from Syria. Although he did not embrace Islam, he presented to the Prophet, peace be upon him, two maidens' names, Maria and Sirin, who were of high status among the Copts. He also sent some cloth and a donkey. The Prophet, peace be upon him, chose Maria, who was later to become the mother of his son Ibrahim, and Duldun, the donkey for himself. He gave Sirin to Hassan bin Thabit, radiallahu an. The letter to Chosros, or Husru Pervez, the king of Persia. The Prophet, peace be upon him, addressed this letter to the king of Persia. In the name of Allah, the most gracious, the most merciful, from the Prophet Muhammad to Chosros, ruler of Persia. Blessed are those who follow guidance and put faith in Allah and His Messenger. I bear witness that none is worthy of worship except Allah. He is one and has no partner, and Muhammad is his servant and messenger. I call you to Allah as I am a prophet sent to all mankind to warn those alive and to establish the truth in the eyes of the unbelievers. Accept Islam, and you will be secure. In case you reject it, you shall bear the sin of all the Magi. This letter was sent through Abdullah bin Hudayfa Shahmi to the ruler of Bahrain, who was to deliver it to Chosros. When the letter was read out to Chosros, he ripped it up, saying, A wretched slave among my subjects dares write his name before mine? When the Prophet, peace be upon him, heard how Chosros had torn up his epistle, he said, Even so shall Allah destroy his kingdom. His words rang true, for shortly thereafter the Persian forces tasted ignominious defeat at the hands of the Romans. Following this, Chosros's son, Shirva, rose up in revolt, assassinated him, and seized the throne. Persia was raked by dissension and conflict until the Muslim conquest during the Khalifat of Umar bin Khattab. The letter to the Roman emperor, the Prophet peace be upon him, wrote to him, In the name of Allah, the most gracious, the most merciful, from Muhammad, 
the servant and messenger of Allah, to Heraclius, the great king of Rome. Blessed are those who follow guidance. Embrace Islam that you may find peace. Allah will reward you twofold. If you reject his message, then on you shall rest the sin of your subjects and followers. Allah says in the Quran, O people of the book, come to that which is common between you and us, that we may serve none but Allah, nor associate anything with him, nor take others for lords beside Allah. But if they turn away, then say, Bear witness that they bear witness that we are Muslims. Dihya bin Khalifa Halbi, who was assigned to deliver the letter, gave it to the ruler of Basra, who forwarded it to the Roman Emperor. Heraclius had come walking to Jerusalem from hymns in Syria. His pilgrimage was an offering of thanks to God for the Roman victory over the Persians. Upon receipt of the Prophet's letter, he rushed a courier to bring forward any man familiar with the Prophet ﷺ. A caravan of the Quraysh headed by Abu Sufyan was in the area and was summoned before Heraclius and his courtiers. Heraclius inquired, Who is closest to Muhammad in terms of lineage? Abu Sufyan, the people revealed. Heraclius called Abu Sufyan closer and seated the others behind him. He then announced the, to the Quraysh, I shall ask him, Abu Sufyan, about him, the Prophet. If he tells a lie, you should refute it. Abu Sufyan thus felt obligated to tell the truth. The conversation between Heraclius and Abu Sufyan ran thus. Heraclius, tell me about his lineage. Abu Sufyan, he comes of the best lineage. Heraclius, did anybody before him make the claim he does? Abu Sufyan, no. Heraclius, have there been any kings in his family? Abu Sufyan, no. Heraclius, who are his followers? Are they the poor and the weak, or are they nobles? Abu Sufyan, they are all poor and weak. Heraclius, are his followers increasing or dwindling? Abu Sufyan, their numbers are growing. Heraclius, do those who enter his religion despise and leave him? Abu Sufyan, no. Heraclius, did you catch him lying before he claimed to be a prophet? Abu Sufyan, no. Heraclius, has he ever broken his word? Abu Sufyan, not yet. We are at present at peace with him. We don't know what he will do in the future. Heraclius, have you ever fought against him? Abu Sufyan, yes. Heraclius, what was the result? Abu Sufyan, fortunes have varied sometimes in our favour, sometimes in his. Heraclius, what is it that he teaches? Abu Sufyan, he asks us to worship one God and not to associate anything with him and to renounce whatever our ancestors worshipped. He asked us to offer prayers, to be truthful and pious and to be kind to kinsmen. Heraclius then summarised all he had heard. You said that he is of noble lineage. Prophets always come from the best lineage. You said that none of you made such a claim before him. If it were so, I would say that he was imitating a claim already made by someone. You said that none among his ancestors happened to be a king. Had anyone among his ancestors been a king, I would have surmised that he was trying to recover his lost kingdom. I asked if you knew him to be untruthful before he claimed to be a prophet, and you said no. I know that it is not possible for a man to be truthful to people, but to mince the truth in regard to God. 
You told me that the poor and the weak followed him. It is true that prophets are always followed by the humble and the poor in the beginning. You said that they were gaining in numbers. Faith is always like that, for it goes on increasing until it triumphs. You told me that none had ever turned away from him and rejected his faith. It is a fact that faith once settled in the heart never leaves it. You told me that he never broke his word. Prophets never break their promises. You said that he asked you to worship one God, not to associate anything with him, bade you to turn away from the idols and to offer prayer, practice truth, piety and chastity. If what you have said is true, very soon he will conquer the ground that is beneath my feet. I knew that a prophet was about to appear, but I never thought that it would come from you. If it had been possible, I would have called upon him, and if I had been with him, I would have washed his feet. Heraclius asked for the letter again, and he read it out. The assembly erupted in surprise and alarm at the prophet's message. Heraclius dismissed Abu Sufyan and his men to bring the situation under control. Outside, Abu Sufyan said to his men with foreboding, The affair of Abu Kabsha has grown so powerful that even the king of Banu Asfar, the Romans, fears him. Each day Abu Sufyan grew convinced that Islam would prevail until Allah favored him with Islam. Heraclius was so impressed with what he had heard that he presented Dihya bin Khalifa, the bearer of the letter, with money and expensive robes. Heraclius then went back to him, where he summoned his chief and courtiers to a close assembly and addressed them. O Romans, if you desire safety and guidance so that your kingdom shall be firmly established, follow this prophet. The gathering took flight like wild asses but found the doors closed. When Heraclius saw his nobles' opposition to the message of Islam, he called them back and added, What I just said was to test your constancy and faith. I am now satisfied of your firmness and devotion. The courtiers lowered their heads, pleased at his words. These details make it clear that by then Heraclius had seen the truth of the prophet's message, but his love for his throne overpowered him, and he failed to embrace Islam. In Allah's sight, Heraclius stands guilty on his own account, and because of his people who remained misguided. At the end of his mission, Dehya bin Khalifa returned to Medina via Husma, where Banu Jazam ambushed him, seizing all his possessions. He escaped to Medina and reported the incident to the Prophet, peace be upon him. The Prophet ﷺ dispatched Zayd bin Haritha at the, end, at the head of 500 men. Zayd launched a sniper attack at the bandits, killing them in large numbers and capturing a hundred women and children. A thousand camels and five hundred goats were seized as booty. Zaid bin Rafi'a Zajami, a chieftain of the Jazam tribe, hurried to Medina. Since he and some people of his tribe had already embraced Islam, and he had helped Dihya with when he was under attack by the bandits, the Prophet, peace be upon him, returned the booty and the prisoners. And that's where we leave our book reading for today. We're reading from the book, When the Moon Split, a biography of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa The book has been compiled by Saifur Rahman Mubarak Puri. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.